Hi, everyone. Pastor Galen, lead pastor at Shine Hills Church. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We hope that these podcasts will be a real encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. You can also connect with Cheyenne Hills at CheyenneHills.org. Hope you enjoy the program. We are across the street and around the world. Cheyenne Hills. Hello and welcome to our podcast today. I'm Renee Minder. I'm the executive minister here today. And we have a special guest, someone who's new on board with us today. It's Austin Meisner, yes. and he is going to tell us. First, we've got to address his shirt here. He's got a Kansas City champion, world, cha- yeah, Super Bowl. So, uh, what's going on with this shirt here? You're uh, living dangerously. I, I am, uh, and I am not uh, committed to uh, folding in uh, Broncos territory. Uh, I've lived uh, 28 years, and I've been a Chiefs fan for as long as I can remember. So, and that's in the household of uh, Patriots fan, among other things. So, yeah, I, this I, I got to make my statement today is my first day of uh, this is what it is. Yes, I won't I won't wear it on stage on Sunday. Yeah, uh, don't want tomatoes being <laughs> thrown at me. That's right. You, you know, who knows if you'll get out of the building alive. But yes, exactly. Anyway, you know, we're all about love and acceptance. So we're going to accept what you yes. have here with this. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Well, uh, as I said, I'm 28 and uh, I've got uh, three kids. I've got Alex, who's five, um, Augustine, who is 18 months. And then Amelia was born just about three and a half weeks ago as of yeah. right now. Um, and you guys will all get to meet her and them about, uh, well, Alex is here right now, so you'll meet him this weekend. But uh, all the rest of them come on October 3rd. Uh, that's our kind of our first family Sunday. Um, but uh, my family is... Uh, fantastic and amazing. And they've, they're letting me come out and do this. But, uh, before that I've been in ministry for now about nine years, uh, mm-hmm. between, uh, internships and part-time ministry. And now this is my first full-time actual ministry. Uh, I'm a, I've got a master's degree in theological studies from Midwestern Baptist theological seminary. And, uh, before when I was in high school, I was a pre-med, like I was wanting to do uh, EMT work, physical therapy, eventually go travel with sports teams and be their like sports mm-hmm. doctor. Total goal. Oh, like, I get the both of sports fun. and I get to do medicine. And I was like, that's going to be like best of both worlds. And then one uh, youth service, uh, it was like, no, you're called to, to be a pastor. You're called to be a youth pastor. Um, and specifically just because I know uh, how I was as a student, mm-hmm. not even just in a, a lifestyle of sin and everything, but just of getting people to understand Jesus at a level where they realize it's not just um, for kids or it's just for old people, where it's actually for um, students and teenagers to actually have a life that they are the equals in the church. Uh, And that's where I slowly started to find out, especially as I dove further and further into student ministry. So that's so exciting. So so why do you think you kind of you've kind of touched on it here, but expand a little bit more. Why do you think student ministry is so valuable and especially here at Cheyenne Hills Church? Well, student ministry in general is valuable just because they're the next generation. We, you know, we always talk about, uh, well, you're, you're raising the next church when we're talking about like five mm-hmm. and six year olds. No, like if, if we skip that portion of teenagers and, uh, you know, the, the idea of teenagerism 
is a relatively new one. Really, it came on in the, the 1900s after World War II of, um, okay, now we have this great thing of prosperity after World War II, and so now you can be a teenager, and you don't, you're not thrust into this world of adulthood. And so that's relatively new, whereas before it was when you're 13, 14, and you're done with primary school, then all of a sudden you're getting a job. You're mm -hmm. still living at home, but you're getting a job. You're supporting your family. It may be your little brothers and sisters, but you're helping stuff with your parents. And so you became an adult a lot earlier. And so now with teenagers kind of having this elongated time frame to learn and be kids or however we want to phrase it, taking that time also in the church to make sure they recognize, hey, you're called to actually act as an adult. Once you understand who Jesus is, that's that's where the the starting line is. So if you know an eight-year-old comes to know Jesus, then they're going to start using their spiritual gifts. They're going to start learning things. They're going to be able to start doing things that we would expect other believers to do. Because an eight-year-old can be one of the best evangelists in the world just because they don't have that mentality. And the same thing can happen for teenagers. So for us to equip and empower students to do what their spiritual gifts are uh, is going to eventually lead uh, to replacing somebody. So hopefully my job is to eventually work myself out of a job where students are telling other people about Jesus. They're teaching other people about Jesus. And I'm just kind of guiding and hurting rather than actually doing all of the stuff. Oh, I love that. You're just empowering teenagers yes. to live out their faith. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. No coddling, but actually sending yes, so, them out. So here, yeah. Here is, here's theology. Here is the Bible. I don't, yeah. I don't shy away from any of the big stuff. Um, you know, that was one of the things, uh, in my home, you know, my dad was a teacher, my grandpa was a teacher. And so we never shied away from topics. So like, if it was a tough topic, it was like, Oh, we're going to talk about it. And as I got into to studying scripture more and even just being an intern at first, just realizing sometimes we decide, oh, well, kids aren't too ready for this. So, I mean, we talk about the story of Samson or we talk about, you know, Genesis and all these other things. And there's heavy themes that we have to deal with, murder, rape, all of these other stuff. Well, if we skip over those, especially in the formative teenager years, they're going to get to college and their, you know, Psy 101 professor, or their sociology 101 professor is going to be like, well, here's, here's what the Bible says and here's why it's wrong. And if we don't hit those head on and explain them in the correct context of the Bible itself, then we're just going to, we're just setting us up to more or less shoot ourselves in the foot as the future church. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. It's just, um, what a great challenge for not only teenagers, but for parents to, yes. to say, you know, there's a real vision here for my kid. I, I can equip them for mm -hmm. the world, make sure that they're uh, ready to face that when they go into college age or whatever. And one of the things that I'm slowly trying to, I mean, I've got a five-year-old, so I'm not perfect. Uh, I will always take parenting advice. Um, you know, a lot of times parents come to me and like, how do I deal with this? I'm like, I'm going to give you what I know from scripture, uh, but you've been probably been a parent longer than I have because you've got a 14 year old. I've got a five year old. So yeah. like, I'm, <laughs> you know, this is a give and take street. Uh, you know, so like one of the things that I'm going to eventually start on is catechisms. And that might be a scary word, you know, especially if anybody has a Catholic background. Right. Yeah. But yeah. catechisms are a fantastic way of just teaching basic truths of scripture to get them ready for the world. Right. So like, especially once they know Christ, once they know Jesus, and then you're going to start teaching them with scripture in the form of question and answer. That's how we learn. That's how, uh, you know, when, when we hear songs, mm -hmm. that's how they do it. They just hear it over and over and over again. So as soon as something comes on, it's like, Oh, I know the words to that. And so getting that prepared and just whether it's parents having to learn a catechism or something, then they might actually learn something too. Cause it's like, Oh, that's a question I had. Well, we didn't know that somebody in the 1800s already answered that with scripture. 
And so those are things that, you know, I look forward to as a parent of slowly building that. And that also builds parents' faith as well. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So partnering with parents. Yes, that's going to be a big, so that's going to be a big theme. Uh, I I don't know what, what schedules are going to look like yet. This is only day one. Uh, and so, but I, I, I want parents to be the primary teachers of scripture in their homes. It, it shouldn't be, uh, I want Galen and Austin just teaching 100%. It should be, they should be getting scripture at home every day. Uh, and that that's even a, a knock on me because not every day do I get to read the Bible to Alex. Not every day am I doing that with my wife, but that should be the ideal. That's kind of what scripture sets up in Deuteronomy 6. I mean, we have it over there in the, the little kids area. Yeah. Yeah. And so that that's the challenge for me is to put that in the hands of parents and say, if you have mm-hmm. questions, I'm here. You know, mm-hmm. I want to make you the the champion more or less. And then if, if I need to come in and help, yes, if, if you guys want to send them to me, I, I, I love it. And I am thankful that they would entrust their students with me. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, well, we are so thrilled to have you here. So, and I, I just know that God has great things in store for us as a church and as a uh, youth ministry. Mm-hmm. So share with us maybe scripture that God has used in this last season of time as you um, have gone from one job and now here to Wyoming. What What is some ways that God has kind of led you to this decision of joining us here at Cheyenne Hills? Well, and so meeting with Colby and getting to talk with him and Priscilla and the team uh, and getting mm-hmm. to meet all of them and knowing, you know, Thrive is, is kind of the uh, the youth group name and that, and they want to thrive, not just survive. Right. And so one of the, my jobs as a pastor, according to the book of Ephesians and the scripture that I've really been set on for the last two months is, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building the body of Christ. And, uh, yes, I realize that there's not going to be students maybe there that are Christians, but still that is my job. I mean, it mentions the role of an evangelist there. It's my job mm-hmm. to tell them the gospel. And eventually if they, uh, start to follow Christ, then my job of building them up is, is that's my, my scriptural mandate is to do that. And so for me, um, that's part of thriving, right? You have somebody leading, you have somebody who is going to edify you to reaffirm what you know is good and, and to, um, just equip them. Like everybody has spiritual gifts. My, my side of the church, it's not siloed, right? Yes, we have the barn, but my people are supposed to be involved everywhere. So I should ideally see students serving in the kids ministry. I should see students up on stage. I should see students in uh, even office work to some degree. Right, right. So that that's just kind of the the idea and the vision that I'm I've been running with for the last two months. Oh, that's awesome. Well, in equipping, um, I think everyone wants to kind of know that path that God has for them, how they're uniquely made. We say that a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But you'll be um, when you're equipping them, you're just helping them identify, kind of coaching them, mentoring them uh, in a path that they should go. And again, seeing them thrive. Yes. And what God has done for them. Exactly. Okay. So it's just because I'm curious, because I love to know what other people love to read. What book are you reading now that you have enjoyed or maybe in this past few months? Because I know as a, as a dad of a new baby, yes. <laughs> Maybe don't have time to read. Well, uh, so uh, up until this transition, um, I, I'm heavy into podcasts. Uh, I work construction before this, and so I have a lot of lot of time with earbuds in my ears. And so uh, up to up to date, I think I finished 58, 59 books this year. Uh, most of them history related, and my favorite so far have been uh, Bill O'Reilly has a series with Martin Dugard, um, and it's called the Killing Series, and it just goes through famous people who've basically been assassinated. Um, he's got like oh, Killing wow. Jesus, he's got Killing JFK. This last one that I finished actually on the drive out here was uh, killing crazy horse and wow. so and, and you know 
history is kind of a sensitive subject at the moment, but the more we know about it, especially uh, coming to an area where, you know, Crazy Horse lived and all of these other Indian tribes, especially on the Northern Plains, just kind of learning about that, uh, I thought was very um, uh, providential in the way, like I, I got it like two weeks ago, I think it came in. And so like for me to listen to, and so me being able to finish it actually on my way out here, uh, just kind of the history of this area was pretty fantastic. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. So you kind of told us yesterday, but uh, why Wyoming? Why, why Wyoming? I, yes. I, like I get excited the farther west I drive. So like it stops at the Rocky Mountains. I really don't want to go any farther than the Rockies. Um, uh, my wife is more of a beach person, but I figure anywhere we can be at the beach within 12 hours or so, 18 hours, uh, and I can also have my mountains mm -hmm. is, is a pretty good compromise. Uh, my mom lives here in Montana, um, so I, that's relatively close compared yeah. to where we were living. Uh, but I love hiking. I love, uh, I guess it's technically called scrambling uh, out here where you climb without the gear. So oh, you're just yeah. like with bare hands, yep. all yep. of that kind of stuff. I, I love it. And so for us to be doing that uh, here and then getting Alex to come along and do that is just fantastic. Uh, not to mention the more open it gets, uh, I just kind of get excited. So yeah. That's awesome. Well, we're glad to have you here. Uh, so if you're listening here, uh, we just finished a series called uh, Broken Together. And here in September, we're going to start a new one called The Soul of a Servant. And SOUL is actually an acronym. S is for selflessness, O for ownership, U for unity, and L for larger purpose. And it's based on a book by Tony Dungy that we've, some of us have been reading together. But Austin, as you join our team, as you look at probably that heart of a servant, what does that mean for you? What, how does that look like in not only maybe your ministry life, but your personal life? Well, being a servant, I mean, Jesus has told us, you know, uh, the, the first will be last in his kingdom, right? Mm -hmm. And the last will be first. Uh, and so those who are servants are going to be put up because they're just doing the work, right? Mm -hmm. They're not worried about jockeying for position. And so, uh, you know, when it comes to personal life, you know, um, family-wise, that's my job as a as a father, right? So when we when we think about my role as a pastor, um, first it's uh, to be a follower of Christ, so a servant, in other words. And so how am I doing that to then my family, which comes before church even. So how am I serving my wife? How am I serving my son? How am I serving my daughter? Um, all of these other questions come into play. And if I'm failing in those areas, I can't very, I mean, you can lead, but as Dave Ramsey says, uh, and I'm sure he got it from somewhere else, you can't lead where you've never been. Right. And, and so if I'm going to be serving in a, in a visible position within the church, I need to be also modeling that at home. Not, not because hypocrisy, I mean, that is one thing, but just because of actual experience of I'm going to be leading, if I'm going to be a parent and I, I need to be teaching parents, you know, uh, the same things that I'm finding in the Bible. And so for me, then when it comes into ministry is the idea of, uh, like I said, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 of just finding people in their roles. My, my role, I love teaching, I love preaching, and I love uh, worship music. Um, I don't always get to do the last one, but uh, teaching and preaching is where, where I'm at. Like I love reading theology books. People think I'm a nerd, all sorts of stuff. Um, but that's my lane. I, yeah. I try not to stray out of it. Uh, I, I took a spiritual gift survey one time and uh, for like hospital visits and stuff, uh, I can do very well for the first 10 minutes. Uh, but empathy is not my strong suit. Uh, you know, just growing up in the household and my background, you know, it was just a rub dirt on it and get over it. And so sometimes to me, even with the major things that I've had happen with surgeries and stuff, I'm just kind of like, okay, whatever, get over it. Like that. And so like, I know, Hey, 
I'm probably not the best person to send day one when somebody's in the hospital, maybe like day three or four, <laughs> but like for that, take four Advil and, and we'll and, see and, you tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. My bedside manner is, is not always the greatest of it, but now having a girl, I'm assuming that's going to change mm -hmm. drastically. <laughs> so, but like service with that then means for me to be the hands and feet of Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. yes. uh, for me, it is teaching and preaching. For my wife, it is something else. Eventually for my son, it'll be something else. And then for each individual student that I'll, I'll get to know, they have their own gifts. And I can't ever, yes, there's these broad things that uh, I'm sure Galen's going to be hitting over the course of this, this month, but there's individual things. And really when we look at the call of Christ, if you're sitting still, you're probably in disobedience or sin because you're not doing what you're, if you're not following any of the commandments, the, the, the first great commandment is to love your Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. And the love your neighbor as yourself part implies that you're going to be doing things that you would want. Taking meals to uh, a mom who just had a baby. Like that's just where we were at, right? Um, you know, if somebody is, uh, had, had a loved one pass away or were in my context, uh, we had a lot of elderly people at our church. And uh, I'm 28, I'm fairly fit. I used to work construction. And so if I had the opportunity to actually go and serve them, that, that was something that I could actually do. Like I dug two trenches for our church for water runoff. That's, that was just, Hey, you know how to do it. Can you please do it? I was like, yeah. yeah. Like, and so that's, that's service just in a, a well, nutshell. And you know, we, it's so easy to say, you know, love others as yourself, but it is so countercultural. Mm -hmm. I mean, and even Jesus, you know, I think that, that one of the hard things that they had, they wanted him to act and be present like a king and yet he served he mm -hmm. served he served and i know the challenge for me is that uh, uh it's just so countercultural to go and think of others before yourself mm -hmm. um right now it's just really easy to you know do what makes you happy do what uh you know whatever feels good or or my own truth um and yet jesus just he just over and over did tried to tell us that it was different. It had to look mm -hmm. different if we were going to be a part of his kingdom and share who he was. And so, um, I love, I love, um, I, I've said it before in different opportunities, but I, my background was, uh, learning about servant leadership. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I was just reading, um, this guy that kind of brought it to the forefront intellectually was, uh, Robert Greenleaf. And, he talked about when I'm serving, the best test is, do I leave others in a better place mm -hmm. than when I found them? Right. Are they are they better humans because I've served them? And so I just love that quote. And I was just thinking about that, that, you know, that's what Jesus did. When you encountered Jesus, you became different. Right. It and, affected and, you. And I, I see people who all the time, you know, they'll say, well, I'd rather have somebody who does the things that Jesus said to do rather than somebody who, who believes in Jesus and doesn't do them. Right. And yes. we can get into that argument, but the idea of when we go and do things, it is okay for us to go and say, I'm doing this because of Jesus. Like, yes, that's, that's not normal for humans. As you point out, it's counterculture. That's the sin nature in us is not to go and help people. Our sin nature says, no, it's me first, you second, and then we go out. But if we say, I know who Jesus is yeah. and he tells me I need to treat you, uh, yeah. like somebody, like somebody of value, that's actually really big. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, welcome to staff. Welcome to Wyoming. We are so grateful to have you here and just know that God's going to do great things uh, through you and in you. And we're just excited for our students and for their folks as, um, as you just touch their lives. So yes, I'm excited to meet most of yeah. them tonight. 
really just yes so that we have thrive me and colby are going to okay, do kind of handoff right. and q a and they'll get to hear my testimony so if anybody's watching this and wants to come and meet me in person tonight we'll be here at the barn and kind of have that handoff and then see me on Sunday. All right. Well, great to have you here. Thanks for joining us here today. And remember to be strong and very courageous. Mm-hmm.